And now, a presentation on the Mental Health News Radio Network. The Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. Ryan, that is a freaking awesome question. You are the power, and you do not need anybody's permission. He's the only guy that ever crawled out of a grave where people didn't go, oh, ah! Don't worry, don't be afraid, ever, because this is just a ride. You're, you're a great interviewer. You're one of the best. If this is the best God can do, I am not impressed. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Out of Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. Outoflimitsradio.com. I'm your host, Ryan. Tonight, our focus is going to be about how to understand ourselves as energetic beings. It's going to be a deep metaphysical show. And our featured guest is fantastic. Let us begin. It is a great honor to welcome back to our show once again, Yona Brindis, founder and owner of Transcodes. You know, she has a, received a bachelor's degree in chemistry, computer science, international business. And you know, she's been helping a lot of people throughout the years. She also has uh, you know, an education in spiritual psychological studies, NLP, remote viewing, spiritual healing, and metaphysics. So now you know. Whoa. Thank you, Ryan. Yeah, we have a, <laughs> I a stacked out of the guest. program. Oh. Just to get that one straight out, okay? So I'm not a scientist. Oh, scientist. Got but I can read studies. I can read studies. <laughs> yeah. All right. So when you and Jeff Casper, who's also been on our show before, look and you guys have your perception and able to, to see, I guess, a visualization. Of energies that are moving and things that are happening, where do you see? Um, can you give us a snapshot of, of planet Earth right now? Are there certain countries that uh, energies are moving quicker, or faster? And if you look at the energies of what's happening, I guess, and the people of all the things, can you kind of foresee um, any events manifesting in the foreseeable future? So, when one trains that part that precognition or the sixth sense. There was a very interesting study published uh, just a few uh, weeks ago about this, that one actually can train that, that every human can train that. It's really interesting. Uh, when one one can read out energies, When first, of course, we all have this ability to pick up on things, but not everybody sits there and scries the globe, you know, like what is going on over there, over there, over there. We do this professionally, so um, we can do this, and we uh, that is, I am doing this every month to produce something like a, a energy forecast that sometimes includes geographical data. Yeah, it's um, the the best way probably to uh, visualize this is that as we are working with people every day, uh, we are picking up uh, on other people's perception and our clientele is worldwide, which means we get basically firsthand info from these places. So the energies that affect a person, like say in Australia or a person in Germany or a person in South Africa, as we are working with these people we that live in these places, we pick up on the uh, collective energies that are around them and also the, the overall collective planetary energies. Yeah, so this is possible. This is not to be mistaken with clairvoyance. 
or astrology or um, channelings. All right, this is us literally reading out what already is, but what lingers, so to speak, in the subconscious of a person. Okay. It's, it's each person's own precognition that is uh, mostly unaware to people. So we can read out an energetic uh, uh, markers uh, that hint at certain physical or emotional or uh, more mental or more spiritual uh, kind of themes and subjects. Right now, when you look at that, do you see if you have a number of individuals that are kind of going a certain way? Is there kind of a, a do you get a sense of, of collective evolutions in terms of certain countries? Like, I just I wonder if certain places in the world are speeding up their evolution in a sense that they are moving towards a place where you have a um, kind of like a, a discarding or more dissolution of the ego, moving more to, to more spiritual. I wonder if there are certain like you know, areas mm -hmm. of the world or tribes, if you want to call it that way, that are accelerating at that speed in other places of the world where you're kind of seeing things slowing down where they're kind of more or less evolving back like into the li yeah, mm -hmm. li lizard brain. And if so, are there any particular places that you can uh, sense or feel that um, are having either one of those? Yeah, this is a very interesting uh, field of research. Actually, the most significant work here was done by Dr. Hawkins. Um, in the early 2000s of calibrating the levels of consciousness of countries and and tribes. And uh, these are things that are measured, um, you know, based on uh, kinesiological results, meaning that uh, one can actually use a logarithmic scale that, um, you know, can basically calibrate, okay, how how far a a country or a nation is in their evolutionary process, assuming obviously that a higher evolutionary state is desirable or is something that uh, we all heading towards. Yeah, so one first has to like really establish that that we all believe, uh, so to speak, in evolution in that way that we say, okay, uh, every experience that we are making here as as civilization or as a sort of species contributes to our growth, contributes to our expansion of consciousness. And yes, one can do this actually. And there are a lot of indicators. We constantly look at this, constantly look at the overall level of consciousness, uh, not just in specific countries, but also uh, in um, sort of groups even organizations. I have even uh, tested companies based on their integrity levels um, in specific uh, uh, cryptocurrency companies. Uh, three, four years ago, I did 150 calibrations. Um, these things are uh, very, very possible. And there's a lot going on about this, which is um, kind of cool to watch this now emerging, you know, even in uh, sort of the, 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 the scientific area out of this sort of woo-woo um, corner, yeah, that we've been put in, in the past. So, yes, and there are uh, other aspects that contribute. So uh, things such as ley lines, uh, things such as uh, planetary and uh, cosmic influences, uh, not cosmic as in mystical, but cosmic as in like interplanetary, like how planets uh, affect another. The simplest way to visualize this obviously is the lunar cycle. Yeah. So depending on where the moon is 
it affects um, you know certain uh, patterns around weather uh, around water and so forth the same occurs uh, to the or accounts for the sun the sun is actually responsible for our overall weather patterns um, you know things such as uh, sunspots uh, light intensity and so forth they have a severe impact on not just areas but also our entire planet and then there's another thing that um, one can see uh, when one, if, you know, if you investigate this, that there is uh, something like a resonance with the um, uh, uh, with the composition of the Earth, with the the geological co uh, chemical composition. So there are some areas in the world that have a sort of a naturally higher vibration. There are some areas in the world that have a, some somewhat more of a reflection. Of things that are coming in from the outside do you know what i mean like where they're naturally more shielded you, but i mean you know? uh, from mm -hmm. all the things that are happening like uh, if you're mm -hmm. going to look at like say would you be able to identify maybe like two places that in the world where that the uh, the evolution is happening in an accelerated form like people are migrating towards these you know, two physical locations and maybe two physical locations where it's just mm -hmm. you're not getting the energy or the energy is not coming through yeah, I mean, there, this is not so easy to answer because every person, this is the cool thing about us humans, uh, has this individuated um, resonance, so to speak. So if you think for yourself, if you train your consciousness for yourself, you can literally sort of separate yourself. It's not a separation. It's actually more of a... Um, of a synergetic uh, 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 mechanics, uh, if you work towards um, uh, uh, higher levels of consciousness, then you can basically create your own energetic pocket. So every person is uh, theoretically capable of creating their own pocket where they're at. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So uh, I see this a lot in neighborhoods, for example. Yeah, so you can have uh, a place uh, like, say, cities that have a, a relatively, you know, relative to other cities, low conscious level, one of which, for example, would be Mexico City, okay? But you can have a very high vibrational neighborhoods in there. Uh, these things are the things that we should look at as well because a lot of it has to do with how humans come together in certain areas. Certain pockets... Uh, also create, uh, uh, you know, like resonances with others. So, you know, you have the, the best way to, to picture this maybe is is in when an area is really run down. And, and once the area starts to run down, once you see graffiti everywhere, once you see like broken in glass and stuff like that, it seems to devolve or degrade faster. Uh, the opposite is the case with neighborhoods that, uh, where people are really connected with another, where they work together, where uh, they create sort of their own sort of tribal consciousness. And that uh, is something that I see uh, here for us happening in the near future, yeah, within the next five years, that we will all gravitate towards creating our own little pockets of energy. And that means that uh, we will sort of move away from this uh, sort of globalist uh, kind of thinking and back to something that might actually be more natural for us humans anyway. Yeah, to um, not as an against uh, globalization, uh, maybe just uh, against uh, sort of the dark side of that, but uh, focusing more on 
our home, our family, and uh, the people that directly surround us because they affect our personal energies as well. And the higher the level of consciousness of a person, the more picky people become. I don't know if you've noticed this as well. There's there are certain places, especially when one um, is maybe looking for a house to buy or to rent, and uh, you know you look at Zillow and you look at all the different offers that you have there, you can't um, directly feel it. But when you actually go and, and show homes, when you when you look at them, uh, there, there can be attractions and uh, things that you feel that, that are repellent to you. They have nothing to do with, like, say, maybe traffic noise or um, beauty or anything like that. Um, and that has to do with us being able to pick up on the surrounding energies. So, yes, there are areas in the world where I would say if I have a choice, uh, the overall tendency in those areas is is more sort of towards expansion. And there are some areas that are uh, gravitating towards contraction. But that said, it doesn't mean that one has to like pack bags and and uh, get out of there. Because many of us also come here for a specific reason, for example, um, to hold um, the energy, the vibration in areas uh, that need more, if you will. So now we're sort of slowly switching into uh, the more spiritual component of, of where we are at, yeah, because that is not to be underestimated. If me personally, I've lived in many different countries and I can say uh, straight out that uh, it, replanting ourselves uh, is something that needs to be very carefully felt through, okay? Because when we remove ourselves from our place of origin, um, we are, you know, <clears throat> we're separating ourselves from that collective of karma, if you will, that is in our tribe of origin. Yeah, and sometimes uh, that is what we need to do in order to grow. But sometimes it can also severely impact um, our uh, sense of belonging, our sense of security. So it's not that easy. I know we all kind of want this answer, you know, that there's one place better than the other. Yeah, but in my experience, just, it isn't that easy. I'm thinking like, you know, New York City. I used to love New York City, and I feel like it's, it's like a dead, dead energy. I don't know what happened. Like, I still love the place and it's gone. And I feel other places where you have migrations of people that are very pro-freedom. I feel like maybe that's a place where, like, energy is forming. But um, I want to just... Yeah, no, this is the case. But, you know, there's also sort of microdynamics in that. The, the, the golden rule is that the more people live together in a condensed way, the more overlay you'll have. The harder it will be to maintain your own, um, you know, sort of energetic pocket, if you will, to maintain your own vibration. And obviously, the more energetically sensitive a person is, the more consciously you'll pick up on that. So you will feel the impulse uh, from within, you know, to leave a certain place. Yeah, uh, there are things uh, that many of us uh, experience maybe as a sign or something like a dream that we have where we see a certain environment, uh, like maybe mountains or a beach or something where, you know, we think uh, this is where we have to be. Okay, uh, I warn people to take this too literally, all right, because it often 
um, uh, relates to uh, other things. Maybe there's something that we need to explore. Uh, there is something in the exploration of that. Overall, if you want me to, to reflect on places here in the United States, okay, and most people have already picked up on this mostly through, you know, all the changes that have come through COVID. Um, the farther you can get out of a large city, probably the better. Okay. Uh, but there are components of that uh, that have to do with infrastructure and supply chains, for example, whether you have a family, whether you have kids or not, whether you depend on, you know, things such as schools and so forth. So we're going to see a lot of, changes here within the near future, within the next two, three years. You and I just want to pivot for one second. There's a gentleman named Max Eigen who, he's got some pretty interesting videos. And one thing he talked mm -hmm. about recently was he was saying, like give this idea and suggestion that the reason why things are happening in the world the way they are, the reason why you have so many people, I guess, appearing to abandon logic and kind of just got it being swept up in fear and hysteria, is because singularity consciousness is doing this to kind of refine itself, maybe purge itself. And I'm like, I don't know if that's true or not, but it seems pretty interesting that you would have mm -hmm. a global crisis where I guess people have the opportunity or the chance to, I guess, become a part of it or step out. So it's, I'm curious what your perspective is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I've been talking about this a lot since the beginning of, uh, you know, the, the, the visible parts. In fact, actually, way many years before uh, the, the COVID uh, situation uh, sort of materialized that uh, obviously in every crisis is a huge healing opportunity. So a big part of what I do when I contextualize uh, collective energies on a weekly and monthly and yearly basis is to point out, you know, the opportunity here. Um, there are, of course, uh, also things that we can observe right now, and this happened way before COVID. This has been going on for many, many more years. Um, is this something like uh, what what is often called bifurcation, where the perception of people is such that it almost appears as if there were two realities. In our Heart Warrior show, shows, uh, Ryan, we've talked a lot about this, how you know, the, the way we perceive the world, life itself and ourself and, um, you know, how we contextualize uh, what we are seeing has a lot to do with the consciousness level, which means where one person can see if what is happening to them as a, uh, as a tragedy, as, as, uh, as basically the end of the world, the other person can see a huge opportunity for healing and this whether or not a person is able to see that and uh, basically then uh, to embody it to, to use that awareness to turn us around um, that is uh, something that cannot really be answered because uh, from what I can see in people this has to do with karma so uh, the, the, you mentioned something else though that I found interesting about this you, you mentioned the the singularity mind uh, what I hear you hinting at um, you know <clears throat> referring to the author is that there is uh, some kind of um, evolution happening from 
uh, something like a hive mind. Is that what you mean with this singularity yeah, mind? Yeah, the, the, there was mm-hmm. a uh, like the mm-hmm. singularity known source, and source goes, okay, you know, mm-hmm. we've got these collective humans that I you know imagine into reality, and you know maybe right now I'm kind of bored with humans and their you know human nature doing all this stuff. Maybe I, if I threw like a big wrench out there. And kind of gave each individual perspectives from uh, who I am, if I'm calling myself source, and mm-hmm. gave them an opportunity to see what's going to happen, to see if you know mm-hmm. maybe the you know the consciousness of the humanity speaking has the opportunity to rise or fall. Mm-hmm. I because it's really weird, Yona. I mean, mm-hmm. we've been talking about this. You know, we talked this in Heart Warriors Radio. We've been talking about this in the Adams for many years. And even Stuart Wilde talked about it. He said humanity was going to split into two different evolutions. And right now, I feel like it's very clear where those lines are becoming. I almost think, like, as crazy as the COVID-1984 has been, it actually clearly defined the lines between where humanity is going. You can actually see. So Mm -hmm. that's That part is obvious. Now, in the past, I've often contextualized this with uh, the duality in us. Okay, in all of us, we all have this duality in us, yeah, where we um, have a more or less a choice to see things, you know, to see the glass half full or half empty. All right. And what we're seeing right now is just this this, this condensation, yeah, in, in almost like a what half and half split, right, throughout the, the global population. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's just uh, sort of me observing and really, the, the 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 polarization here is pretty much half and half. Now, seen from like say a a higher power, right? This is what you were getting at, right? A higher power that you know is the source, the source of existence. Let's uh, stay with that because the source of existence um, is pretty much you know un, undebatable uh, that there needs that there has to be a source of existence. It doesn't matter if we call it divine, celestial God or anything, but there is this, we did not bring ourselves into existence. So there is something um, in, in sort of pay grade <laughs> higher than us. Okay. Though that that's established. Um, there's many mystic schools and uh, uh, spiritual science, actually uh, sciences that are very clear on, on this being a really necessary part of our human consciousness evolution, namely to indeed uh, to become aware of the fact that we are actually our own singularity and that we need to step out of this, um, you know, hive mind, if you will, um, which uh, if you go into uh, like really investigating this throughout uh, the centuries and millennia, uh, you can um, also see evidence really how this has slowly progressed okay how the spiritual guidance uh, uh, came in more or less uh, in form of extremely uh, visual and uh, guiding and uh, prophetic uh, kind of input to humans um, slowly slowly um, being replaced through uh, humans intellectually developing to a point where they more or less, you know, decided that science is going to be sort of the next paradigm, yeah, that that happened roughly 500 years ago. And now us uh, basically, yeah, experiencing, and this is my personal view, the end of scientism, yeah, the end of of single-minded linear a dualistic science or paradigm of science that we can now see uh, can also create a lot of damage and lead to devolution. 
So there are things that are happening right now where I clearly see the opportunity to grow here for us. I'm actually, you know, very, very positive about all this because I have been observing this for a long time and predicting exactly uh, what it is that the next steps will be. That said, obviously, it's sometimes uh, very uncomfortable to go through change. We all know this on a personal level. And we have this this ego in us, yeah, that, that's, uh, it's, it's a protection mechanism, but also, unfortunately, something that uh, pulls us into our own dualism. And that really doesn't want change. It finds the most security in in the familiar. So it is human, if you will, it's part of our human nature to have a resistance to its change, even to its change that would be better for us, that would be for our highest good. So one can look at what we are experiencing right now as something that I have been uh, call, calling uh, global shadow clearing, really, um, because the, yeah. what... I'm curious about the global shadow clearing yeah. because it, you know, is it really a global shadow clearing or is it just human nature? Because when I've taught, we've had some people on who've died, just been just flat out dead. dead. And one of them, our friend Nancy says, it's like, you know what, this thing that we perceive as evil, that's just human nature. Humans can be cruel. They can be really evil if they just reside within, you know, the lizard brain. But if they are in touch with their spirit, and they, they realize or kind of embrace the idea or even the, the, the feeling or I guess the reality that you're a spirit in a body, you're not going to engage in certain behaviors that are, that are collectively evil. Because it seems that throughout human history, we've had a lot of evil. We've had a lot of things. And I feel like it's getting more intense on a grand scale because of the technology that's in the hands of you know, these evil people. So, but I, agree. I fully agree uh, with her on that. We all have a shadow. We all have a shadow. So this is the du the dualism, the, the duality that I'm talking about, is that we have both. We have, if you will, the choice. We can go low or we can go higher. And going higher is, um, is uncomfortable because we have to face the unknown. Yeah, And this is why there's always a little bit of inertia and resistance there. I also agree with you on, you know, like the the, the impulse and also perhaps uh, on the purpose of the dark. Yeah, because if we understand that the limitation of our ego mind, not not the larger, the, the consciousness mind, but the ego mind itself, you refer to it as a sort of the reptilian brain. Biologically, that's not entirely accurate, but because we actually have a reptilian brain. Um, but I, I know what you mean with this, right? It's this reduced, uh, sort of emotionalized, uh, positionalized, um, uh, dogmatic kind of thinking. Uh, then, yes, we are, you know, choosing to wanting to keep everything the way it is. And we're resisting, you know, that which one could uh, call uh, divine nature. Yeah. Evolution, like expansion and growth. Uh, being sort of the most natural uh, concept here, at least on this planet, from what we can observe, uh, that is uh, sustainable. Okay, so we're resisting progress in that way uh, by going into a reptilian brain. Now, darkness is inherent in us um, only to the degree that it pulls us into the lower desires and instinctual and um, a sort of non-integrous behavior, so the dog eats dog, 
right? Sort of a, a, a lower uh, evolutionary state. Um, that is not really what we're facing. What we're facing right now is uh, what looks like a sort of concerted, um, deliberate triggering of that. And I think this is where your questioning is going and into this direction, you know? Yeah, is, it, just, is it seems like it's just getting more, it seems like it's getting more intense. And one of the things I've always wanted to do, Yona, is, you know, talk to people and kind of go after information, tools and techniques for people to protect themselves and to also thrive in a in, you know, crazy situation. I mean, we, we just talked to Doug Casey, and this is a gentleman known as, he's called the International Man, and he's lived in 160 different countries. We talked mm-hmm. a lot about economies, and he talked a lot about where things were going to go. And one focus thing we really focused on was how to be free in an unfree world. So it's it's really about, you know, giving people the, the tools and the power and the choice to live their lives that they want to live even if the collective is going off the cliff, because I, quite frankly, don't want to be a part of where collective humanity seems to be currently going. If they want to, you know, get a, a shot uh, that is still in clinical trials, that, you know, go ahead, let them do it. If they want to, you know, do anything they want with their own body, fine, but I don't want to be a part of it. Um, I don't want to be a part of this. It's, it seems to be collective psychosis. <laughs> Yeah, I, I agree with you here. It is harsh um, when one is in a state of duality, yeah, black and whiteness, yeah, in simple words, uh, and you see other people making different choices, uh, then uh, and and you have uh, sort of an awareness that allows you to see through some of these things. It's hard to watch that, but at the end of the day, and I agree. Uh, with, uh, you know, the, 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 the task that is in front of us here, namely how to create this energetic pocket for ourselves, how to choose, you know, the partner, the job, the place, the country where we want to live. I mean, not everybody has that choice, right? But let's assume our listeners have that choice. Um, the, the, the overall rule that I would suggest, and this is basically what I do in, in everyday coaching sessions, is um, to recognize if a an environment, a milieu, you know, like a condition is toxic. Because when it, when an environment is toxic, be it a workplace, be it a relationship, uh, even a family constellation or the place that you live in, you're literally wasting your life force fighting against that and warding that off. So there, there's a bit of a non-brainer here from an energetic point of view. Don't choose toxicity. Toxicity, Choosing toxicity is something that often um, kind of eludes people. Uh, but when you look at the fundamentals of what evolution and healing actually is, yeah, so seeing healing as, as part of the mechanic of evolution, it is the ability to, to, to recognize when something is inherently life degrading or life threatening. Yeah, which means the ability to, to recognize if something is toxic uh, is something that we would call uh, the ability to discern truth, the ability to actually know that. Yeah, and whether you're completely 100% aware of the mechanics and uh, what exactly is contributing to the toxicity is actually quite irrelevant. You just need to really feel if where you're at is sustainable. Because if it's not, you have to fight. You have to ward it off at all times. 
I'm not even referring to the virus here. I'm just talking about energies. This can also refer to to the virus uh, and uh, some of the, the 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 side effects of that. And um, uh, this is a different discussion. But we have to decide what environment we place ourselves in. That's the first choice that we need to make. The second choice that we need to make is to re once we've recognized or developed a good feeling for uh, what no longer goes, <laughs> yeah, what is against my consciousness, against every fiber of myself. Yeah, this is basically what that feels like. Yeah, we need to start investigating what it is that we need, what it is that we want based on who we are. We basically have to learn how to say yes to ourselves. From an energetic point of view, that's extremely important. Um, this uh, allows a person not just to see truth and to stand in truth, um, also to uh, rid oneself of that uh, duality. You begin to see things from a more neutral standpoint. You you become more balanced. You, you probably want to learn things about... Uh, uh, how to center yourself, how to ground, you know, mindfulness techniques. And the the third step is to to recognize that without what you and I are doing here right now, which is uh, sort of bringing in a spiritual component of all that is going on. Okay. It, the insanity of this time will pull us back into that reptilian I, place. Yeah, it, it's it's pretty crazy. So the spiritual development is actually vital now. And, you know, if you if you look at it from my perspective right here for 10 years, I've been writing articles and done blogs and trainings and videos. And there's like 500 videos on my YouTube channel all about that. OK. And in the past, it was all difficult because people thought everything's fine. And it was this sort of global gaslighting into like, oh, you know, it's the best times of our lives. Uh, humanity never had a better, better, better than now, where there was these few fringe dwellers, right, energetically sensitive people, not even necessarily spiritual people, but people who kind of picked up on like, wait, 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 something ain't right. This is, this is kind of fake. Okay. And there is uh, what, where I see a big, big relief now, because with all the, th all the people that we work with, those who have been feeling the most separated or the most, um, say, you know, like they don't belong or fit in, they're actually starting to feel relieved and feel healing now because they can see now that what they have been picking up on all along wasn't fantasy. Okay, they're feeling confirmed now. This is unfortunately also the reason why we have such a strong rise in in uh, conspiracy theories and fanaticism because you have a considerable amount of people who have no training in uh, how to discipline their minds, okay? And uh, the, the ego mind has that tendency that when there is no way to contextualize things or make sense of things that are going on, that it starts creating things. It starts uh, trying to fill in the gap. So we got to be very careful when we say these things such as spiritual awakening or evolution is, um, you know, the way to go. It is. <laughs> but this needs to happen with a considerable amount of inner work. And this is where we come back to the shadow aspects. Yeah, because if we don't have that discipline of our mind where we actually 
report to ourselves, where we have tools, uh, you know, where we have trained ourselves to look beyond that reptilian part of us that we all have. Yeah, we all have that part. This is, this is how our nervous system is designed. Yeah, that's how our ego is designed as some of the psychological and and biological um, and mechanics are designed that way that in, in times of stress, we revert back to simpler computing, if you will. Yeah. Uh, if we don't have the training, you know, but for example, uh, through mindfulness, uh, controlling our breathing, our heartbeat, uh, stimulating our, our, vagus, uh, our vagal system uh, to outvibrate that. And if we have no way to contextualize this, correctly yeah if we if all we can see is sort of darkness everywhere and uh, doom and gloom uh, then it's also part of our human nature to to slip into desperation to slip into this sort of fawning uh passivity which then unfortunately also pulls a person back into the hive mind she's going to pull them back we don't want to go back in the hive mind you know the thought question i have is what are two or three tools a person can develop in order to protect themselves from the collective psychosis? Or mm-hmm. if you even want to elaborate and don't even want to go on the collective psychosis, I guess two or three things that a person can do to accelerate their, uh, their evolution, their growth on this planet. The the first step always has to be something that relates to physi to, to our physiology because this is the most dominant, which means what I uh, just uh, mentioned here: uh, work with our breathing, work with feeling our body, and calming our nervous system down. Because once our nervous system is in a certain state, all right, it's really really hard to control this because you have so many. Uh, neurotransmitters and hormones and you know things flush your system okay it's the easiest way is through uh, initiating some kind of physical shift aka you know mindfulness uh, meditation you know really taking time off your day and uh, it doesn't even have to be in a spiritual way you just have to understand that your body response to these energies which are mostly unseen for most people okay whether you're aware of it or not so you're gonna have to give your body the opportunity to reset yeah and this is basically what um, breathing techniques and and meditation techniques and so forth doesn't even have to be fancy my experience is I mean science is, has has uh, clearly concluded that a 20-minute meditation, for uh, just 14 days already reduces uh, that part of the brain uh, that puts the person into this uh, sort of fight, flight, or or freeze mode, okay? So this is an actual study that was done, which is very positive news because you don't have to have any kind of uh, religious uh, context with this. All you got to know is that at least 20 minutes a day, you know, focusing on your breath, calming down and, um, you know, learning how to meditate uh, will already do, you know, do you good. OK, the second one is then to realize what these things are that are being triggered in you. So we all as humans have this 
you know, this sort of baggage that we carry around with us, you know, things from our childhood, core wounds. Again, it doesn't even have to be sort of fancy, you know, we don't even have to talk about karma and stuff like that. We just really have to look at, uh, you know, like what these decisions were that we have made in our life and there are things that we regret or things that we... Um, you know, uh, don't really want to be reminded of the, those emotions that we avoid, um, you know, things like that. So we're going to have to work with this, yeah, in order to better understand ourselves. Yeah, so that's really the core element. Once you've shifted yourself into a comma physiological or biological state, then you can work with the, the emotional, the psychological aspects of that. And then the third technique would be actually, um, you know, uh, consciousness work, as I call this. Um, this can be in, 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 in context with the religions. Uh, this can be in context with, like, say, 12-step 12-step health uh, self-help groups. They're very effective um, if they're not too religious, okay, because there was uh, uh, something in these uh, 12 steps, uh, regardless of which kind of 12-step you do, um, that actually leads a person to this uh, processing of um, the past traumas and uh, actually, um, you know, sort of reconciling with God, all right? Because many of us have a spiritual crisis, not because we don't believe in a higher power, but because um, the, the, the versions of spirituality that were offered to us were either too dogmatic or too punitive or too judgmental, you know, for example, Catholic Church or Islam, um, or they were too far out there, you know, like uh, New Age, okay, which also doesn't make any sense, you know, to externalize everything and say, you know, oh, everything's going to be fine or you know, uh, some kind of ma magical force is going to come and rescue us all. So for, for many of us, the spiritual crisis is because we don't really know where to look. And the, the way uh, through this really is inward. So consciousness development and spiritual development, those are inside jobs. This needs to happen from within ourselves. And whether or not we can actually speed up our uh, conscious development, that's not fully answered yet because uh, there seems to be, you know, uh, sort of a tendency that a person has uh, kind of like a disposition, similar to like a genetic disposition, meaning that uh, there seems to be something um, that we call syntropy. It is uh, the, sort of the opposite force of entropy. Entropy, you know, uh, basically allows you to learn through chaos and through, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, sort of chaotic expansion. Syntropy is uh, the opposite. It's the coherence with something. Uh, it is when a person uh, kind of feels a connection with a higher power and there seems to be a pull there. So a person doesn't actually have to accelerate or expedite things. In fact, my experience is one cannot really expedite anything because there is a certain, yeah, spiritual maturity, I want to say, needed uh, to really be able to contextualize uh, things such as what we are experiencing right now. Yeah, it, it, without that spiritual maturity, um, it just looks like, um, 
you know, uh, the dark forces taking over. And that's not a very mature, a very sophisticated spiritual stance. Because anybody who's actually um, studied uh, uh, spiritual sciences knows that dark is a creation of, you know, source as well. It serves a very important purpose. And when we can understand better how our ego mind and this this reptilian part of us, this this sort of lower developed or lower evolutionary uh, part of us operates, then we can understand that an evolution, a consciousness evolution can only happen through this conscious choice that a person needs to make to understanding yeah, seeing oneself, it is the, I, w- I am awareness, seeing oneself as the singularity, understanding that life doesn't just happen, happen happens through, uh, at us, yeah, it doesn't just happen to us, it happens through us. And out of that choice to say, okay, I am my own mind, I can think for myself, I can have my own insights, I can create my own well, reality, if you will, yeah, not in in the sense of fantasy, but in the sense of I have that power. Due to the power of my consciousness, I can contextualize things in a different way, and that can allow me to transcend things, that can allow me to transcend my fear, even though my body is responding to that fear right now, and my emotions going haywire, my consciousness is a higher pay grade. I can transcend that. Yeah, and there's obviously many different aspects uh, uh, play into this that that we are just now discovering all these things about bioenergy and energy this and energy that, you know, vibrations, resonances, and so forth. So there are mechanics that, you know, like if you will, natural laws that apply to energies as well. It is way less chaotic than New Age uh, makes it look like, yeah, and less I want to say dogmatic as religion makes it look like. So uh, this uh, sort of evolution into our own self-awareness, this I am self-awareness, yeah, that I can make my own context. I can have my own insights and act on that. Yeah, I can create my own pocket of energy, as I called it in the beginning. That is what gives a person a power to out-vibrate you know, their environment, their pe- the people around them, the, um, you know, uh, whatever the, the hive mind or whatever the sort of the, the flock does. So our job is to really find that I am place in us. So we realize that. Shiona Brendis, I want to thank you so much for being with us today. You're very, you know, it's just very concise and very insightful. And um, obviously, you know, you could tell that, you know, you definitely bringing in a certain type of energy that's very unique. Uh, you can learn more about Yona by going to her website, transcodes.com. And if you can, highly recommend going through their Heart Warriors program, which I did, and it was fantastic. And uh, again, you go to their website, transcodes.com, go to their blogs. It's you know, You're just not going to read two or three paragraphs. You can read comprehensive uh, you know, reports. And also, if you sign up for their newsletter, you're going to get comprehensive energy reports. Uh, you and Jeff, what you're doing is just, I think, incredible, and no one else is doing it. So, Yona, thank you so much for spending time with us today. Thank you for inviting me, Ryan. It's a pleasure. 
Okay, everyone, that concludes today's edition of the Out of Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. Special thanks to our unbelievable guest, and special thanks as always to our virtues, Miss Carrie O'Connor, Miss Constance Dallas, and our social producer, Jenny Lamisa. To learn more about the Out of Limits of Inner Truth, please go to our website at outoflimitsradio.com. And until the next time we meet, my friends, I wish upon you an abundance of peace. Love and beers. Take care and thank you so much for listening.